Hi, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Thrive Podcast. We are the Young Adult Ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Wednesdays at 730 in our Family Life Center. If you enjoy this podcast, we'd love for you to post it to your Instagram story and tag us at NBC Thrive on Instagram. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. And Heavenly Father, would that be our prayer tonight, that we would surrender wherever we are tonight as we get ready to jump into your word. Would you speak to us? Would you minister to us? And would you help us to leave here more in tune with what you have for our life than what we would have? We pray this in your name. Amen. You guys can take a seat. If you have your Bible, go ahead and grab it. Um, We're going to be in the book of Proverbs. In the book of Proverbs, if you want to find it, if you're new to the Bible, it is smack dab in the middle. And so uh, we started this series last week on, uh, entitled Coffee with Grandpa, and truly uh, all, all that we have said from that title is just, or from the series, is that if you could have a conversation with your grandpa, um, if your grandpa has died or passed like mine has, one of the things I always wish I could have done is had a conversation with him. And last week I shared a few stories. I talked about my grandpa, how crazy he was, how insane he was, and it kind of just runs through the blood and the, you know, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. And the more you get to know your grandpa, you might learn things like that as well. And we talked last week about wisdom in general, and we said what wisdom often is versus what wisdom often is not. And as we are in the book of Proverbs, some of the things that is important for you to know is that the, the type of series we're in is not um, these absolute dogmatic statements that you can make from the book of Proverbs. M- most of the time, you have to be very, very careful on how you take a verse and maybe claim it over your life or maybe say this is a voice uh, from God. The, the book of Proverbs is God's word to us, but its application uh, can be gray sometimes and not necessarily white and black. And so tonight, What we are going to talk about is if you could ask your grandpa this question, last week was simply, what do you think? If you could ask Solomon the question, what do you think? And tonight is, what do you think I should do? And tonight, um, really we've talked about this, Uh, the next slide is just wisdom, is the ability to know what to do when a decision is not clear biblically. So uh, you're stuck with a decision, uh, any decision in general, and you're like, man, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should break up with this person. I don't know if I should pursue this relationship, this degree, these types of things. It was very generic. Well, tonight is how do you make a directional decision when you don't have a verse? How do you know? How do you know who you should marry? How do you know? Um, When I, I shared last week for a second, when I uh, decided to pursue, uh, her full name was Hope Elizabeth Joanne Zagarella, she was Italian, how did I know that I was to pursue her and make her, or have a name change, Hope Elizabeth Joanne Duma? And I'd read through the Bible, uh, and I could not find her name. Couldn't find it. I mean, there's hope in there a few times, but not my, not not a, not her name. It was you know the other hope we're supposed to have. So I was curious, and I'm wondering how do I make a decision like that, or or how am I supposed to know that God, if He wants me to be a pastor, how am I supposed to know? Should I just say, well, it pays really good, so that looks like a good job? No, that was not the decision, right? It was, it was definitely not that. Or how do I know, does God care if I uh, go to this school or that school? Does God care 
what career you pick. Does God care who you marry? What do you think? Yes, God cares tremendously. Um, and you get down the line, how far does God care? Does God care uh, what vehicle you drive? Does God care what color shirt you wear? Does God care uh, the friends you talk to? Is it uh, how meticulous is this word we'll use tonight, his will? How much does he care and how in the details is God? And for some of you, I'm making you anxious just talking about this stuff. You're like, did I pick the wrong shirt? Right? You just, you just don't know. You're like, man, my husband won't recognize me. If I wore that shirt, he would have seen me or whatever. You start overthinking what God wants you to do. And so tonight we're going to get into all of that. But um, before I jump into Proverbs, what I would like to do is uh, rapid fire give you five verses in the Bible that talk about God's will. Um, five verses. Uh, it says in 1 Timothy, God who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. The sweet thing is that God wishes, wills, wants, desires everybody to be saved. He allows you the freedom to make the choice and he wants all of you to make that choice. Uh, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. That is what God wants, wills, and wishes. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Sometimes you want a uh, future revelation, and, and God's like, hey, why don't you just be thankful? Why don't you be thankful you have options and opportunities instead of asking for a newer revelation? Uh, Ephesians 5 this is the will of the Lord. Do not get drunk uh, with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Uh, yes, that is in the Bible. We're not going to expound on that tonight, but anyway, you don't have to wonder. Man, I wonder if God wants me to get crap-faced and forget everything I do and have a ton of regrets and end up with a tattoo on the back of a truck going into uh, another country. No, he, he does not want you uh, to, to do that. It is the will of God. In 1 Peter 5, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to the faithful creator while doing good. When you go through hard times, when you are suffering, God wants you to trust him. He wills it. He wants it. He wishes it. Now, I want to introduce this idea in asking or making this statement. Is God's will a blueprint or a game plan? Is it a blueprint? Um, you can pull up the, the picture of the blueprint. I have a few engineers and um, they give me headaches. I, I mean, when they talk about stuff, I have a few engineers, I'm serious, they make stuff for like spaceships and NASA, and they're like talking about all these metrics, and I'm like, yeah, you guys want to talk about the Bible? <laughs> I'm like, I can cut meat if you want, what about that? So I, I have nothing to offer when we're talking about a blueprint. It's very complex. When you're building something, a house, a, a, whatever they build, they build spaceships and stuff, it is detailed, and when something's going to happen, it matters when it's going to happen at the right time with the right things, and if you're off one centimeter, it throws everything off. Is God's will like that? Is God's plan for you, if you mess up, if you don't pursue the right person, if you go to the wrong school, if you drive the wrong car, you go to the wrong gym, you go to the wrong friend group, wherever you go, is it, is it all up in shambles? What if you marry the wrong person? Now what? Is there only one? What are you supposed to do? Is it a, is it a blueprint or is it a game plan? Some of you hate sports and you're already mad, but game plans, uh, when you go into a game, you have a plan. Hey, here is what we are going to do. We are going to make sure we play hard. We're going to run these plays. We're going to adjust. 
We're going to make mid-course adjustments as things are thrown our way, and we're going to do what we know best. You see, I believe God's will or God's plan for you is more like a game plan. I had someone explain it to me this way, that it is very much like driving down the highway. As long as you are headed in the right direction, it doesn't really matter what lane you drive in. As long as none of those lanes are high-handed sin or uh, directly disobeying something God has said, you can ride in any lane, you can go at any speed, don't be one of those guys in the left lane going 20 under the speed limit, I'll run you over and say some things I shouldn't say, and you know, you don't, it doesn't really matter where you ride in, as long as you're heading in the right direction, as long as you would say, this is the direction I want to go, and here is what I want to say, it's the only way I can illustrate it, Cross my mind today, I saw some guys painting. Um, <clears throat> when we don't apply, when we don't apply things about God's will for our life, it's a lot like paint that is simply in the paint can. You know how good paint in a paint can is? Not good at all. What do you have to do? You have to actually take it out of the paint can, you have to apply it to the wall if you want to see something look different. So tonight, if you get a bunch of intellectual information and verses and things to think about, if you just take it in and you don't realize, man, I need to apply this, it's really not going to do you any good. It's not going to get you the the results you want, the, the places you want to be, and maybe where God would have you, because I do believe, despite maybe what somebody has said, maybe what parents have told you or family members have told you, I do wholeheartedly believe, and this is some of you, you're going to just be like, yeah, 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 I remember them saying that at Lake Center, but this is true. I do believe that God has a plan for your life, specifically, individually. He has someone who he wants you to marry. He has a job and a career he wants you to pursue. He has a plan for your life. And truly, truly is incredible. And a lot of times, this is what I see happens. You have younger people in their young 20s, 21, 22, 23. You're making huge decisions. And in the midst of that, you maybe have a strong relationship with God or you pursue a relationship with God. And then you get caught in the weeds, is what I say. Maybe there's, it'll come down. It's a difference of making more money somewhere else. It's a difference of, man, I really don't, care what God thinks during this season, so then I end up settling uh, for something that, man, maybe God might not have for me. And then what happens if you make the wrong decisions in your middle school years, your college years, uh, who, you mar- what, who you marry, what, what happens? Does God still get done what he needs to get done on this earth and in your life? I'm opening a huge can of worms, and I love this. I'm just kind of asking questions. You guys are like, I don't know. You know, it's just like, we're wondering, right? And I will say this, it's, God is not out to confuse you, he's not out to play hide and seek with you, he's not out to give you certain checkpoints. As we said last week, if you ask God, if you ask him, he will answer. He will answer what kind of father, it says in Matthew 7, if a son asks for a fish, the father give him a stone, He said, nobody would do that. A loving father, if my daughter asks me for something that I can help her with, I'm going to give it to her. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, hey, here's, this is going to help you. So God is very similar like that. And so tonight we are in the book of Proverbs. And I just as we open all that up uh, tonight, the first thing is God's game plan for you or God's plan for you, Drake 2018 throwback. But um, one is not rooted from you. It says in Proverbs 16.25, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. I spent 10 minutes talking about this idea last week. Why would I do it again? Because it is something you need to hear over and over and over again. You and I are not as smart as we think we are. We're just not. We don't have the, the intellect we think we, we do. We don't have the wisdom we think we do. We don't have the, the wit or the experience we think we do. And even to, to convince you is really just to look at your past. Just look at your past. Look at, look at how far you would take you. When you try to do life the way you know how, how does it usually end up? It ends up with you making terrible, terrible decisions and then facing some repercussions or consequences. God's game plan for you is not rooted from you. There's a way that seems right to man. And here is what is usually right to man. When you have directional decisions, the number one emotion that you will typically feel is what? Fear. Fear. It's, un, it's uncertainty. I, I've, I asked you this question previously, and I said, if any of you could ask God one question, what would it be? And majority of you raise your hands, I would like to know where I am in five years so that I could backplay my decisions to make sure everything is going to be all right. Everything's going to be fine. So we have fear because often we are depending on ourselves. It says in 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, sound mind, and self-control. It says in 1 John 4.18, that perfect love casts out fear. If you are making directional decisions in your life, and you are experiencing the regular emotion of fear, it is a good indicator you are the one who is making the decision. If it's just rooted in fear, if it's fear of losing control, fear of what might happen, fear of, I don't know if this is going to play out, you're trying to uh, high control, you're trying to white knuckle the decision. If fear is the only emotion you experience, it's probably, probably rooted in you. Now, um, I will say this. In making some of the most life-altering decisions I've made in the past three years, fear is a regular emotion for me. It's just, things are scary. There's risk, right? What if you, like, how much am I supposed to not feel this? Now, if it's irregular or regular, you are the one who is able to discern, and only you can know if it's rooted from you. If the fear is somewhat irregular, if it's, you know, just when you really don't think you should make the decision, if the fear is paralyzing you from doing what you know is right, that is when it's rooted from you. If you convince yourself out of a decision that you believe is maybe from God or the right decision and you convince yourself out of it, chances are it's rooted in you in the way that 
seems right to a man, its end is the way to death. Number two, God's plan for you um, is rooted from God within you. So uh, kind of a little bit different here. It says in Psalm 34, 7, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So here's what is tricky about these two things. So these are kind of paradoxes. Um, When you become a follower of Jesus, so for some of you, you have yet to make this decision. Some of you have just made this decision and some of you have made this decision uh, years ago that you admitted you are a sinner in need of a savior, and you put your faith and trust in Christ. That at that moment, literally, a million things are taking place, but one of the things the Bible teaches is that Christ, Jesus, God, literally, literally, as weird as this sounds to some of you, if you're new, I'm so sorry, he comes into your heart and he resides within you. It says that he gives you peace He gives you direction. He gives you leading. It says in 1 Corinthians 6, you were bought with a price, and you are not your own. It says in Colossians 1, Christ in you, the hope of glory, so that God literally is able to be a guide to you. So here is what you have to ask. If I'm making a directional decision, how do I delight myself in the Lord and allow him to give me the desires of my heart. And it was this quote from Augustine said this, love God and do whatever you want. Now some of you guys are like, that's sweet. That's just sweet. I like that. Just do whatever you want. But it is very freeing to be in a place where you would say, that just simplifies it for me. I'm an overthinker. I'm super anxious. If Psalm 37.4 says, delight yourself in God and he'll give you the desires of your heart, you can bet the farm, you can bet it all. If you love God and do whatever you want, you will do what God wants. You will do what God wants. How was I supposed to know? How was I supposed to know I was supposed to marry my wife? I can't find her name in there. Couldn't find little small Bible school, Word of Life Bible Institute in the Bible. Can't, Can't find it. So how am I supposed to make the decision? Well, I use the Bible to guide me. I know this. I was supposed to marry a woman who fears the Lord. That's what Proverbs 31 says. That's what I knew. I knew, according to Genesis, that I'm supposed to marry someone who's going to help me, not hinder me, not hold me back, but help me, that we work together as a team. I looked at all that. I prayed through that, and guess what I did? I married the woman I wanted to marry, and luckily, luckily, she wanted to marry me back, so it worked out great, and so we got married, make babies, right? Uh, you remember the movie, so anyway, uh, you, you, you do literally what you, what you want. How did I know, how did I know that I was supposed to be a pastor? Can't find it in there, had never had that desire before, don't know, how, how am I supposed to make a career decision? Well, f- well, for me, uh, there's three times I m- maybe not audibly heard the voice of God, but it sounded uh, ver- very loud and, and authoritative, so it, was, it felt that. At least for me, there was three times, and every single time, he used a verse. So it made it really, really clear to me. Uh, one of the times I've shared before, I was making a, uh, I was switching schools, and I could not make the decision. I remember the day. It was August, I think, 10th 
uh, it was 2014, I'd walked out on my lunch break, I pulled out my phone, Still, then we were all on Facebook, pulled out Facebook, my buddy posted a verse, I read the verse, and I don't know if, you, if this has ever happened to you, I read the verse, and literally my gut just got tight, my heart sank, and I mean, I think I started to just like cry, I didn't know what to do. The verse was so clear to me, it was 1 Samuel 15, that God delights in obedience rather than sacrifice. And I was praying for a verse. That was a directional decision. So I loved God and I did what I wanted to do. And if you do that, it will be what God has for you. It says in Ephesians 2, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Here is the caveat. You have a choice. You have a choice that you should walk in them. I'll get really Bible nerdy here in about 10 minutes when I get to it, but there is this idea that God allows you to make a decision. He is not a control freak. He's not up there moving chess pieces, cat in the sack theology. He's not doing that. He is allowing you to make the decision. And within that, his will will take place. It will. But you being his workmanship created, he has stuff prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Think about that. That he has stuff already mapped out. He is already, already at your wedding day. He's already uh, at your career the first time you'll get that job. He's all, he is at those places to blow your mind. He is outside of time. He's not constrained to 8.30 on a Wednesday night in 2021. Are you kidding me? That's not God. He is outside of time, not constrained. He is sitting there saying, man, I hope they follow me. I hope they love me because if I could show them what I have for them. It says in Jeremiah 33.3 that if you call to him, he will answer you and show you great and hidden things you have not known. That you should walk in them, prepared beforehand. The reason I'm pressing this so much is because I hope you're kind of nervous about it. It should make you kind of nervous and really excited. Like, man, what does God have for me? What would, who would God have for me? Where would he want me to be? And there's three questions I give often. You can pull them up just to help you make some directional decisions. What do you like to do? What can you do? And what are you good at? This is very practical, very elementary, but it is very wise for you to think through these things. You have decisions in front of you. What do you like to do? Literally, just ask yourself, what do you like to do? What can you do? There's nothing worse. There are some things worse. There's a, not much worse when there is somebody who believes they can sing. And they can't, right? And then you have to have other people... Tell them, and what is always the problem? It's not what my mom said. She thinks I'm great. My grandma said, that you, right? And, and it's, it's, it's hard. You're like, no, you can't. And so um, what can you do? What are you good at? And you use other people to affirm. You have what's called internal and external confirmation. So if I want to, I'm coming back to this because it's very directional. If I'm praying on who to marry, and I'm asking other people, I'm asking wise counsel, I have this desire inside, 
This is what I want. This is who I want to be with. We have similar desires. We're not unequally yoked. We're headed in the same direction. It says in Amos 3.3, how can two walk together unless they've agreed to do so? I'm making biblically informed decisions about major things in my life. What are you good at? You don't want, I mean, it's, it's always, there's always that weird thing. You would never want me uh, to work on any kind of mechanical, uh, you want me building something. I mean, you don't want me doing that if I was like, I want to build you a kitchen table. Please, just let me do it. You pay me 500 bucks, that thing's going to look amazing, right? I'm going to walk in with, I, I don't even know, I'm going to have wood cut. It's not going to even hold together. I'll be like, I couldn't find the screws, so I just super glued it right up. It's just going to feel awkward. You want me on your demo team, right? You want me coming through and just cleaning the kitchen out. It'll be done in 10 minutes. Uh, we'll break a window, but we'll buy that and fix it up. It's, it's something that just practically, I'm better at that. So you would know you have to be realistic, don't be pie in the sky. Don't say the, you know, and you want to use your parents' illustration of what are you good at, what can you do. And um, this one is probably the hardest. I don't have it on the screen. It just popped in my head. What options do you actually have? What options do you actually have? Not what might happen, but reality. And the hard thing about today and what people have, I mean, this is so, this is, if you look at history, this is so new in the past 60 years. Generations never even had to make the kind of decisions you're having to make. Because you have more options at your fingertips than any, any generation has ever had. You wonder what happened back in the Bible? You did whatever your dad did. Or whatever your mom did. You stayed in the family business. You didn't even get to decide who, were, who you were going to marry. You imagine that? You'd be 13 years old. You would show up. The, the dads would have a conversation. And uh, there you go. And so that, that was it, if you can think about that. I mean, so you have options. You have uh, things you can decide. But here is what a lot of people do. You overthink the options and not what is reality. Not, you're, you're holding out on something for something that might come that isn't even a reality. It's not existent. It's, it's not even taking place. Some of you, and I'm not trying to hammer the relationship thing, but you're holding out for someone who doesn't exist. You're, you're holding out for someone who just isn't alive. I was talking to... Uh, a pastor, this is totally different, a couple nights ago, he called me, they were looking for someone to fill a position, he gave me the description of the job, and I was like, yeah, Apostle Paul died a long time ago, man. <laughs> I was like, I said, that guy doesn't, he's not alive, he's just not alive. And so some of you are that way when you think through relationships. You're just waiting for this person or this direction or this decision that is not even reality. And if that were true, you wouldn't even be ready for that type of person. You wouldn't be ready for them. So, and, and I have this phrase, go pull up the next slide, it's a little bit longer, but God has a purpose for your life. Look in the right places, ask the right questions, surround yourself with the right people, and then do something. Um, the reason I capitalize do something is because a moving car is always easier to steer. It's just always easier to steer. So if you are stuck, if you are stuck, don't know if to go this way or this way, this person, this job, this career, this angle, 
you have to just do something and trust and trust that God is going to be in the details. You have to do something. And what a lot of people do is they'll just wait, they'll be paralyzed, and they don't learn from the wrong decision or the right decision that they've made. One of the worst things in the world that parents can do, every parent does it, my parents will be tempted to do it, I'll probably be tempted to do it a ton, I'll probably uh, cross over the boundary multiple times. One of the worst things parents can do is take from their children the ability and the consequences of their decision. They'll take it from them. So something will go really bad and you'll be in middle school. You should have a consequence for that. You should either be kicked out of school, the class, the team, don't turn in the homework. So what do mom and dad do? They jump in and save the day. Okay? High school happens again. Shouldn't do anything. You should learn from the consequences. You should get kicked out of the class, kicked off the team. Relationships should break up. There should be consequences. But what do mommy and daddy do? Come in and save the day. Fast forward a few years. You're now in college. They're applying for jobs for you. They're going to places to get you applications for jobs. They are having conversations with bosses for you to get you a job. I mean, i I got to chill. I'm going to get worked up. Um, you don't want, and, and what, what will happen is you don't learn the muscle or the discipline of how to make a decision because you've never had to make one. And one of the best things that you can do is, hey, I'm going to make this decision, right, wrong, or indifferent, and I'm going to learn from the consequences. If I screw up, if I, the summer's terrible, if the semester's terrible, if I go into debt, if I make the wrong call, I will have the consequence because the next time you go to make the decision, guess what? You will know it will come back on you and you'll be more thoughtful through the decision. Anyway, let's move on to number three. God's plan for you involves planning and is purposeful. It says in Proverbs 19.21, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. You ever had plans that just didn't pan out, right? You ever had something on the agenda for the summer with a relationship, with your schooling, and it just didn't work out that your plans failed, didn't work out how you planned, didn't work out how you thought through it. He says, Many are the plans, amen, amen, uh, in the mind of a man, but the purpose of the Lord that will stand. The reason I say involves planning and, and is purposeful. You have to somewhat plan. You have to somewhat think through the decisions that you need to make, you have to make, you have to plan. And it is purposeful. I am so, I, I don't even know how this teaching started or came from how God doesn't want you to be happy. He wants you to be what? Holy. He just wants you to be holy. God doesn't want you to be happy. He just wants you to be holy. I don't think God wants me to be holy and miserable. I would say that when I am most holy, I am going to be most happy, that it is purposeful. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, some of you already know this. You got a t-shirt on it. You posted a verse about it earlier this week. Uh, God says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, plans to uh, not forsake you, but to guide you. And I don't know, I don't know what else 
gets me riled up. Knowing, all right, all right, knowing that God is going to accomplish his purpose with my life, with, with people like you and I. Imperfect people, despite us, have little to offer, have not much going on, that my plans are going to fail, but God's purpose will stand. His purpose is going to stand. Now, here's a can of worms. Here's five-minute Bible trail theology. Some of you gurus are like this. Um, does God's plan or purpose work out if I make the wrong choice? If I make the wrong choice. So does he accomplish his plan despite us? Genesis 50, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Story of Joseph, Joseph in the Bible. He makes the right decision. The, his brothers make terrible decisions. Things look terrible. God's plan and purpose comes to fruition despite bad people making bad decisions. Next verse is Jonah. Oh, my man Jonah. Arose and went to Nineveh. According to the word of the Lord, Nineveh was a exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. You know the story of Jonah? You all know Jonah. Some of you might not know Jonah. Jonah, uh, God tells him to do something. What does Jonah say? Nope, not a chance. Uh, he heads the other direction. So what does God do? He makes his life miserable. He makes the people around him miserable. They kick him out of his life. We talked last week. When you have a hard heart toward God, he will take the thing that you love the most to soften your heart. With Jonah, he tied that boy up with a fish and he dragged him back. And he said, this is what you're going to do. God's purpose will stand. Next verse, I think, is Acts 2, or Acts 8, 2. There was a great persecution against the church, and they were all scattered. Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house, dragging off men and women, and committed them to prison. The Apostle Paul, right before, he is killing Christians, throwing them in prison, and through this, God's purpose stands. A couple years later, he gets knocked off his horse, now he uh, spreads Christianity more than anyone ever of all time. I had three more, and I'm not going to pull them up. Actually, go ahead and pull them all up right away so we have uh, time. Just pull them all up. Ruth, I'm not going to read it. Uh, story of Ruth is despite Ruth and Naomi making bad decisions, wrong decisions, heading in the wrong direction, God, God's plan works. Ephesians 1, in him we've obtained an inheritance, having been predestined... Don't let that word scare you. Some of you are like, predestined according to the purpose of him. Some of you just went to one idea and you didn't even read it. His purpose who works all things according to the counsel of his will. God's will will take place. Lastly, and there's so many more, Matthew 11, Jesus said this, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. There's three different kinds of God's will, okay? I'm not going to get way into this, but the first one is just when God decrees something, it happens. He says, let there be light. What happens? There's light. Let the waters go this far. That's how far they go. Um, there's the second one. And it's when, in Job 1, when God tells Satan he can only go so far that he's like a dog on a leash. God wills or allows Satan to tempt Job and take things, but only so far. 
And then there's the third one, <clears throat> which would be specific will. The, the plan and purpose he has for your life. Within that, God will accomplish what he wants, when he wants, but we get to join in if we want to. He's like, hey, you have the invitation. You know what it is. I'm not going to drag you uh, by the feet. I'm not going to make you do this. Um, there was only one time, one time I felt that way. And, and this is different because this is more of a, an experience. This is just a story. I had a decision to make with, with what I was going to do with something. And I had this literal, like I said, not audible voice, but it felt pretty dang close. When I was arguing with God, you ever did that? You ever just kind of in your head, you're saying, I want to do this, and he's kind of getting ready to tell you what he wants you to do, so you're answering your excuses before he tells you? You ever did that? You know, it's, it always works out great. It's like people you argue with, like when you're in the shower or you're in the car, it, it always goes well. You always win. You always win. So I had been doing this with God for a while, just arguing with him back and forth. I was anticipating what he would say to me and the verse he would bring me, the person he'd bring to me. Well, eventually, eventually I was, this was probably eight months ago, I was in a service and there was a verse that, I mean, I'd even been reading the verse. It just, bam, like that. And I grabbed my Bible. I knew what he was doing. I knew, you just knew. And it was this verse in John 21. It says, when you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go wherever you wanted now that you are following me, you will stretch out your hand and I will lead you where you do not want to go. And I got smoked. And I was like, I gotta do what I gotta do what God said. I had a decision to make. It was my choice, but if I was gonna disobey, I knew God was gonna mess me up. I knew it was just gonna be I wasn't gonna have the type of presence or relationship that God wanted me to have. Lastly, and and, and we're done, this will be quick. If, you, if I don't have a verse from God, I have to trust the heart of God. I've said this three weeks in a row, and I like how it sounds. I don't know when I thought of it, but I'm like, this is like my life. I feel like this is, this is good. I like this, and it's biblical. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understandings. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. God takes, makes straight lines with crooked sticks. Messed up people, messed up decisions, and he irons it out. The heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. That if you don't have a verse, you're not going to have a verse on who you should marry. You're not going to have a verse on the career you should take. But you have to, when you don't have a verse from God, you have to know the heart of God. The three biggest, biggest directional decisions you will make is if you are going to decide to follow Christ or not. That's number one. That is the biggest decision of your life. If you will submit to him, follow Jesus, and have a home in heaven. That's, that's number one. The second biggest decision is who you're going to marry. You're not going to have a verse. You're not going to have, I mean, it's literally you're going to need wisdom, and you're going to need to know God's heart, and you're going to need to be in the right place to, to be ready for who God has for you. The third biggest decision is what you're going to do with the rest of your life. And you can bring God into that, or you can say, God, I have some plans. I have things on my agenda, and I'm not going to bring you into that. And when you don't bring God into that, 
and you go into those decisions without God, you end up being in a situation without God and needing to go to God in that situation. When it's really, really hard, it's difficult, and usually people become hard-hearted toward God. You're upset with God. Why would you allow me to be with someone I didn't want to be with or be in a career I didn't want to be with, be in a career I didn't want to be? Why would you allow this? Well, why don't you do what millions of college and young 20-year-olds don't do and should do? You bring God into it before you make those decisions. And as you cry out for help, a good father is not going to give you a stone if you ask for a fish. He's going to give you the tools you need, and he's going to show you the direction you should go. Let me pray for you guys. Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. I pray that you would help um, the people in this room with big decisions in front of them, directional decisions. They don't have the wisdom to make them. They don't have a verse from you, and they're genuinely in their heart of hearts asking who they should marry, where they should go, what they should do. I pray that you would give them peace. I pray that you would help them to be in your word enough to know your heart when they don't have a verse. God, we are thankful that your purpose will stand. Amidst our plans and the things we have for our life, you look ahead where you already are and you say, I wish that they would live as if they knew what I had for them. I pray that you would help us to live that way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.